Welcome to the Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. I wanted to dedicate an episode to discuss anchoring. Anchoring is a concept that was developed in neuro-linguistic programming. I have some past experience with neuro-linguistic programming, becoming a master practitioner early in my life. Growing up, I found the neuro-linguistic programming system to be unique and powerful and studied Richard Bandler, John Grinder, Robert Diltz. There are a number of amazing authors, though there's some controversy to the background of it. NLP has doubtlessly been proven to be very effective, especially in persuasion techniques. We discuss moving from different states, often in particular with Neville Goddard. Neville Goddard claiming that we're just moving through states and so this is the first time we really get this discussion of states especially through the podcast the thing is the idea of moving through states became more advanced with the development of neuro-linguistic programming so i think it's important to dedicate an episode to really talk about anchoring because it is a part of your reality and there are techniques and things that we can use to powerfully utilize the concept of anchoring to change your life especially when it comes to reality creation if you don't know about anchoring in neurolinguistic programming it's a term for the process by which you apply a gesture touch or sound or a visual item that you can look at at the peak of a state either in oneself or someone else the said anchored state can then be recalled or reactivated by reapplying the gesture, touch, or sound. Anchoring is a neurolinguistic programming term for the process by which memory recall, state change, or other responses become associated with or anchored to some stimulus in such a way that perception of the stimulus, the anchor, leads by reflex to the anchored response occurring. The stimulus may be quite neutral or even out of conscious awareness, and the response may be either positive or negative. They are capable of being formed and reinforced by repeated stimuli, and thus are analogous to classical conditioning. We have known in psychological studies about classical conditioning, moving towards pleasure and away from pain, and using these concepts to elicit change in states and behavior. Basic NLP anchoring involves, in essence, the elicitation of a strong, congruent experience of a desired state whilst using some notable stimulus such as a touch, word, or sight. At the time, this is most fully realized. In many cases, repetition of the stimulus will reassociate and restore the experience of the state. There are refinements and sophistications in setting anchors this way and subtleties involved in order to both set them with precision and to avoid accidentally neutralizing them in the process of setting them up. There are different definitions of anchoring. Here are a few versions from different well-known people in the field of NLP. Tony Robbins states that anchoring is the process by which any representation, internal or external, gets connected to and triggers a subsequent string of representations and responses. Anchors can be naturally occurring or set up deliberately. An example of an anchor for a particular set of responses is what happens when you think of the way a special much-loved person says your name. 
Robert Diltz, my favorite author in the field of neurolinguistic programming, states that an anchor is a stimuli that will consistently produce the same internal data in an individual. Anchors occur naturally. Bandler and Grinder discovered old modeling that you can deliberately set up a stimulus with a gesture or a touch or a sound to hold a state stable where an external stimulus is paired with an internal state. Michael Brooks states that an anchor is a representation either internal, as with a picture, or feeling, or external, as with a touch or sound that triggers and elicits another such representation. It's a sensory stimulus paired with either a response or a specific set of responses or states. Leslie Cameron Bandler stated that in the way that certain external stimuli become associated with past experiences, Thus, recalling the past experience, you can deliberately associate a stimulus to a specific experience. Once this association has taken place, you can then trigger the experience at will. It works in the same way that language does. Bandler and Grinder, the original creators of neurolinguistic programming, state that anchoring refers to the tendency for one element of an experience to bring back the entire experience. Sid Jacobson says that and it is an NLP way of talking about classical Pavlov's conditioning, but made a lot more sense. If you have studied about Pavlov, he would place beef or give the taste of beef with a dog and a bell would ring and the dog would salivate and eventually was able to create a salivation response in the dog without actually having the beef present because the dog has heard the bell ring. What we're doing is we're taking this standard understanding of classical conditioning to a more advanced level in the way that it determines human behavior and states. Steve Andreas states that the way we naturally link things that happen at the same time, this knowledge gives us a way to take resources from one area of our lives and apply them in a broader way of our well-being. Terry Elston states that people represent their inner worlds to the outside via a series of built-in anchors. Andrew Salter remarked that we just jump from one state to another. What that means is we code our meaning via the associations we have made with them. If a certain look someone gives you is the look your father used to give you when you did something wrong, unless you've cleaned that up, you're likely to respond in the same way as you did with dad. A very good example that I can give is with music. Perhaps with your first kiss, you had a song playing in the background. It makes you swell up with a feeling of love or excitement or happiness. Good feelings. And then when you hear that song again, you have those feelings come up. In fact, we have links to many things all the time. This is obviously something that Hollywood is known and the government advertising in so many different ways, you have been anchored to a million different states, and these anchors are constantly being used to manipulate, in some cases, change the way you think and believe. There is some desensitization involved, and there is a place that we've reached, at least consciously, where we're aware of these anchors. Some religions, like Scientology, for instance, have grabbed this concept and made it one of its primary focuses using a concept called clearing, where they try to figure out what your anchors were in the past and clear those anchors. The first documented mention of anchoring was from a man called Edwin Twitmeyer from his work on the knee-jerk response. 
Edwin Twitmar doesn't get into the history books much, mostly because of a non-status name. The well-named Pavlov is the one everyone remembers because of the dogs and the bells. Basic anchoring involves, in essence, the elicitation of a strong, congruent experience of a desired state. Whilst using some notable stimulus, touch, word, or sight at this time, this is most fully realized. In many cases, repetition of the stimulus will reassociate and restore the experience of the state. There are refinements and sophistication in setting anchors this way, and subtleties involved in order to both set them with precision and to avoid accidentally neutralizing them in the process of setting them up. The notion of using anchoring was refined by Bandler and Grinder and uses the powerful unconscious resources of others to get the responses you desire. It is a natural process that usually occurs without our awareness and may have positive impact or be maladaptive and troubling. For example, a voice tonality that resembles the characteristics of one's perception of an angry voice may not actually be as a result of anger, but will trigger an emotional response in the person perceiving the tonality to have the traits of anger. However, consciously creating an anchor means a resourceful state can be recalled at will. For example, touching the knuckle of the left hand after the anchor has been established so that this action produces the resourceful state. Oftentimes, we're walking in a sea of different anchors and we're not aware of it. I see this in relationships all the time. There's a terrible fight and the person that you're fighting with has a certain facial gesture or a word or tone of voice that they say and maybe they accidentally use that tone of voice or gesture and it brings up that fighting state and you start arguing for no reason. You wonder, why is my partner arguing with me about irrelevant things? What did I do wrong? How can I solve this? And really, the solution to this is to understand the anchors. There are a number of types of anchors. Anchor or the trigger or stimulus, whatever we want to call it, can come in an infinitude of possible forms. Verbal phrases, physical touches or sensations, certain sights and sounds, or internally such as words one says to oneself or memories and states one is in. An extreme view is that almost everything one perceives acts as an anchor, in the sense that perceiving it tends to trigger reflexively some thought or feeling or response. Understanding the way that one thing brings about a thought is super important if we're trying to understand how we create our reality. Much of what we're doing when we try to create reality, when we monitor our thoughts, when thoughts are understood as a way of creating reality, is understanding how to control our thought process. Oftentimes we can do this by understanding what anchors bring up certain thoughts. There are certain speculations as to what criteria must be met before an anchor can be properly formed. Most agree that the trigger must be specific, otherwise the subject will not begin to sensitize it. it must be intermittent. If it were constant, then desensitization would eventually occur, so it can't be all the time. An anchor to a unique, specific, and prompt reaction. Otherwise, the anchor will fail to elicit and reinforce any one single response due to the many reactions associated to the trigger. It is also important that reinforcement of an anchor, in other words, repeated formation with the aim of reinforcement, should have a break between each repeat, since the neurological lesson is quite capable of working either way, and only one way is desired. 
This is an example of where precision and structure may create a difference between success and failure. Examples. If when young you participated in family activities that gave you great pleasure, the pleasure was associated with the activity itself. So when you think of the activity or are reminded of it, you tend to re-experience some pleasurable feeling. Flicking through an old family photo album stirs pleasant memories and some of the feelings associated with them. Perhaps it's playing Monopoly and you look at a picture of you playing Monopoly. Brings up that feeling. A child's comforter in an unfamiliar situation. An old love song reawakens a romantic mood. The smell of freshly baked apple pies brings back memories of a happy, carefree childhood. Phobias, in this sense, can be studied as an example of very powerful anchor. So, you see a spider, you feel terrified and nauseous. Revisiting an old school or place with powerful memories makes you sick. An unusual use of anchoring was studied by Ellen Langer in her study of two groups of 75 to 80-year-old men at Harvard University. For five days, both groups were isolated at a retreat, with one group was engaged in a series of tasks encouraging them to think about the past in general, to write an autobiography to discuss the past, and the other group engaged in a series of tasks which anchored them back into a specific pastime. They wrote an autobiography of up to 1959, describing that time as now, watched 1959 movies, had 1959 music playing on the radios, and lived with only 1959 artifacts. Before and after the five days, both groups were studied on a number of criteria associated with aging. While the first group stayed constant or actually deteriorated on these criteria, the second group dramatically improved on physical health measures such as joint flexibility, vision, and muscle breath, as well as on IQ tests. They were anchored back physically to being 50 years old by the sights and sounds of 1959. How does an anchor develop? Well, the anchor develops when both of the two of the events happen together on a regular basis for a certain number of times. It's different with everyone. For example, if every time you eat while watching television, you may find yourself getting hungry watching television. Sometimes I like to eat gummy bears when I watch television. So oftentimes I find myself sitting and watching a cool show at night and I get a sudden hunger for gummy bears. I know that I'm anchored to that. An overly sensitive person is more likely to develop an anchor faster than anyone else. If two people experience something while one of them were overly sensitive, the overly sensitive person may develop an anchor faster than the other person. For example, if two people work as field engineers in a mining company, the overwhelming work experience may be anchored to the workplace in the overly sensitive person's mind, and so he may find himself unable to continue work, and he may even quit. On the other hand, the other person, whom is not that sensitive to external conditions, may find work tolerable. Anchors are not a bad thing. They can be used to your side to enforce positive behavior or to help you in quitting bad habits. For example, you can create an anchor that generates bad feelings on starting to smoke, and that way you can help yourself to quit smoking just by using an anchor. One of the powerful ways that I use to quit smoking cigarettes I started to anchor the smell of poop and even tried to imagine the horrible taste. And whenever I would pick up a cigarette, I had anchored that smell and thought into my mind to the point where I could not even look at the cigarettes. It made me sick. It was gross. So you can attach something that's disgusting or terrible to a bad habit and it will work if you do it correctly. The question then becomes, 
How can we remove anchors? This may be the most important question because what I find when I'm working with clients or friends that are stuck in different states, perhaps a poverty state or an unhealthy state, is that they are deluged with a number of anchors that lock them into these states based on their daily habits and what they do on a regular basis. So it may be more important for us to understand how to remove anchors than to create them. If you've had some bad anchors that you want to get rid of, it's still possible. For example, if you feel bad whenever you work out, you can easily remove that anchor. Removing an anchor can simply be done by repeating one of the events alone without the other event being prevented by time. Your subconscious mind will separate both events and so the anchor will be removed. But you make it a conscious attempt, becoming aware of the anchor. For instance, when you hear that song, it makes you sick. You can create a positive state and do the opposite and then attach it to that song. Oftentimes what I find is becoming the neutral observer of your emotions will help you to remove anchors because you become aware of them. Oftentimes what I've found is I need to vocally affirm that I am not attached to this anchor. And for me, that's enough. I'll say whenever I hear this sound, I feel peace. I am not attached to anger. The key is becoming self-aware of the things that influence us in our environment. Anchoring is a process that goes on around us and within us all the time, whether we are aware of it or not. Most of the time, we are not consciously aware of why we feel as we do. Indeed, we may not realize we have responded in some cases, which makes it much more powerful force in our lives. NLP anchoring is used to facilitate state management. In this sense, an anchor is set up to be triggered by a consciously chosen stimulus, deliberately linked by a practice to a known useful state to provide reflexive access to that state at will. This may be used for exam nerves, overcoming fear, feelings such as happiness or determination, or to recollect how one will feel if a good resolution is kept. It's a way to bring about the feeling of the wish fulfilled in some cases by anchoring it. In Brief Treatment and Crisis Intervention, Karen Jordan states that after the preliminary assessment has been completed, the therapist should help the client develop an anchor. The anchor concept is rooted in NLP programming and can serve as a tool used by clients to get a break from the traumatic event to help the client work through traumatic events an observable concrete resource should be used as an anchor. Anchoring is also used by skillful filmmakers to evoke suspense in the audience. Think of your own psychological changes that occurred when you heard the soundtracks amplified, the pounding heartbeat rhythm in the moments leading up to each of the appearances of the huge killer shark in the movie Jaws. What anchor was established in you by the crescendo of sound of the music meeting the shark? Movies are really just master classes on anchoring. When you hear that music, does your heartbeat increase? Do your palms begin to sweat? Do you tighten your muscles? Do you see the shark or the thumping music? Is it just enough to get you to move into that state where you're at the edge of your seat? Likewise, the finale of classical symphonies or mood music such as romantic, climactic, or apprehensive in films. Leitmotifs, recurring themes in music and literature also serve to re-stimulate a previously established response. A lot of times you'll hear a song that samples one other song that brings about a feeling. And 
good artists do that all the time. You hear a sample track in the background, it is anchored to some other memory, and then they introduce some other new thing. For trauma victims, sudden noises or movement can serve as terrifying anchors capable of recollecting the traumatic experience. In this case, amongst approaches, NLP might be used in a slightly different way to desensitize the stimulus and perhaps instead also sensitize it to more neutral or positive feeling. Oftentimes, what we see with post-traumatic stress disorder is somebody is anchored to a loud sound. Maybe they were fighting in a war and they heard a lot of bullets and something terrible happened, an explosion happened, and they come home, they've served their time, and then they hear a loud bang or explosion and they're suddenly anchored to those feelings the eft technique is also something i found to be a great way to break up the anchor by um, tapping um, different nodal energy points along the body you can change the energy process that's created when an anchor occurs by using tapping when you're aware that an anchor has created a state so how do we use anchoring anchoring can assist you and gaining access to past states and linking the past states to the present and future. There's sort of a four-step process to anchoring. First of all, you want to recall a past vivid experience. Secondly, you provide a specific stimulus at the peak of the experience. It can be touching your thumb, touching a knuckle, pinching your knee. Then, the person's state is changed. If your state is changed, then you know it works. Then you set off the anchor to test. You go back and test if that works. You continue to do it, not too often, or you become desensitized, but you continue to do it, and then the real test is, does it bring back that state? The real keys to effectiveness of anchoring is, first of all, the intensity of the experience. I have found that if you want to bring a feeling of joy, you have to have real major joy. The more intense the experience, the more powerful the anchor. If it's a subtle change in emotion, then you may not be as effective at it. If you can really ramp up the feeling and the intensity of the experience, if you can go back and remember some amazing event and then turn the dial up and make it intense, then it will be more effective. The second is the timing of the anchor. The anchor has to be placed right at the peak of the moment. And oftentimes it's difficult for the observer who is doing it themselves to anchor because the neutral observer sort of creates a pause. Okay, now I'm going to anchor and it's not effectively done. I have found in some cases the third person or second person creating the anchor can be more effective. The key is for you to learn how to anchor yourself. And so you have to be in the flow and do it right on time. The third is the uniqueness of the anchor. If you always touch your knees all the time, but then you create an anchor that you're touching your knee, it's not going to work. It has to be something that you don't do so that it's anchored very specifically to that movement thing. That is why sigils are powerful, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. The next key is to replicate the stimulus and do it a certain number of times so it's locked into the neurology of your body. Now, the best states to anchor are naturally occurring states. These days, I use a different type of a way into the states. I now ask, what do you love to do in your life? That's if I've tripped upon those aspects already. Then when asked, what's that like? 
almost using the meta model to chunk down into fantastic experience. The next best are past vivid, highly associated states. Least preferably are constructed states, ones that are created, the naturally occurring state. Here's the older style of accessing states. Can you remember a time when you were blank? Can you remember a specific time? And then you go back to that time, you go right back to the time, you float down into the body and see what you saw, hear what you heard, and really feel the feelings of being totally, perhaps it's blissful or happy or joyful. But oftentimes, if it's an unusual state that's not naturally occurring, it is not as effective. You can stack anchors using multiple anchors, and this is where it gets very powerful. To stack anchors, elicit several instances of states and anchor them in the same place. The state chosen for a particular stacked anchor can be same or different. In collapsing anchors, the state stacked should be different, and chaining anchors, the states used for each stacked anchor, should be the same. So you can look at a time when you felt totally powerful, a time you felt totally loved, a time you felt you could have whatever you wanted, a time when you felt you couldn't fail, when you could have it all, a time when you felt really energetic, when you had a ton of energy, a time when you fell down laughing, a time when you felt totally confident. You can anchor all of those and then put them into a single anchor, and then it becomes very powerful. You can combine several states and then anchor up the negative state and cross it over, and that's called collapsing anchors. The idea behind anchors is important to understand. It is important to come to realize that everything is an anchor. Every single letter is an anchor for a sound. You know that A is ah, B is ba. You know that it anchors you also to when you were a kid, when you learned about the alphabet, when you learned how to speak and the sound of it. You don't think about it when you look at a word, but you're anchored every single time. There is an entire cloud of anchors that are attached over time. And what I wanted to talk about is the layering of anchors that we have in our lives. Social media companies have become so good at using the power of anchoring. They anchor you with notifications at the right times of the day. They know through studies and research that they can evoke chemistry changes in your body through notifications and the way the timeline works and keywords and elements. So social media becomes this entire business of anchoring. Everything is an anchor. And if you notice, we're getting shorter and shorter. We get to Twitter and it's just a certain limited number of characters. I refer you to the episode where I read The Telecosmic Power by Anthony Norvell. And he uses anchoring in a powerful way for affirmations. He will say, I receive, and then he will give a long affirmation, longer than normal, and then say it seven times, but then he can say, I receive, and then every time he says that, he's anchored to the affirmation. It's a way to affirm without having to say an entire sentence. I can say large sums of money come to me easily, effortlessly and quickly in increasing, accelerating and expanding quantities from multiple and varied sources on a continuous and consistent basis in the best interest of all with the free will of all that I get to keep, give, spend, invest, and circulate joyously. I can say that a number of times, and I can say large sums of money, and I'm linked to that whole entire sentence. I can say large sums. 
you can link it and then just start saying large sums of money. Large sums of money. When you don't have time to say the whole thing, but say it enough times that you're anchored and you can say those first two words. I have definitely carried my NLP over into a variety of different things. And I would say that those of you that have followed me from the beginning are the luckiest. I've used anchoring techniques in my meditations. Maybe it's the song that I play at certain times. I've anchored songs to certain events. So if I do a deep meditation and ask you to call upon a joyous event and then I play that song later, you can feel that joyous event coming up. If you follow my meditations in order, they're anchored in order, stacked over time. So by the time you're doing the most recent 230th meditation, it is just collapsed anchor over collapsed anchor and it's deeply anchored. And I try to do that with my episodes as well. I do it without thinking about it, but it is a powerful technique that you need to be aware of and you can learn how to use. Sigils are probably the most interesting aspect of anchoring. What is being done in sigils, I refer you to my episode on chaos magic. This is something I've experimented with deeply over the last two years. I've created art with a very advanced form of sigil. And what you can do is put yourself in a specific state. You can create an affirmation. You can meditate for a long period of time. You can visualize something or create something. And then it can be as complicated as you want. And you can isolate it into a symbol. The symbol in early cases of magic that you would use symbols that was a character that you couldn't recognize normally. Maybe it's a combination of different letters with different angles or just a symbol that something that you've never seen before. As I started to research sigils, I found that Austin Osmond Spare, the person that sort of was the originator of sigils, he had artwork that he would do and they would become sigils. And you can create sigils that as we move into fourth density, they become shared anchors. So when you put a lot of energy into a symbol and then you show that symbol to somebody else, suddenly they are experiencing the states that you anchored into that sigil. This is a way to save emotional states. What I've done is created sigils for joy or bliss or passion or creativity and a variety of other emotions. And I've put them into paintings and then I've hung them on my walls very much like I would do with a vision board in the old days. I have things I'm trying to visualize and it might be a very detailed visualization. And I can't put that into a particular video. There's no way that I can put that in a picture, but it's solidly in my mind and I can create a symbol, a piece of art that holds on to this idea. And then when I show this art to other people, they notice it evokes those same and similar feelings. As I've experimented with it, I've started to create hundreds of different pieces of art, which I plan on releasing soon and going over. I plan on introducing some of these sigils. One of the most powerful systems that I've used for meditation involved looking at a specific sigil and in these cases, they were advanced sigils like pieces of art or pictures that had magically been embedded with light codes so that when you looked at them, they might evoke a state of meditation in me or it may bring about creative energies in me. So when I look at that 
particular sigil. And then you really look at it for a long period of time. And then I will meditate. And then when I'm done, I look at either the same or something else. And so then I become anchored right after I meditate. I will look at a piece of art and then stare at it. And I found that I can then have that piece of art in other places and it induces a deeper meditative state while conscious. This has really transformed my life. And it's also transformed people in my life that are exposed to this artwork. And these pieces of art become magical. What you need to become aware of is what you're anchored to. I promise you that you're anchored to a variety of different things. And they are very subtle and powerful. Advertising has anchored you to a variety of different musical notes, images. A lot of advertising will anchor you to certain sexualized states. That's part of the way that they do business. And you're learning the conditioning for how these anchors affect you. But I would say eventually, as you learn about anchors and try to anchor yourself, you become so desensitized that it doesn't work. Part of the secret to anchoring is you have to test it and see if it works. If it's not working, then you have to find something else. And what I've found is you can move beyond anchoring and beyond the conditioned response because what's happening as we move into fourth density, we're more than just dogs hearing the bell ring. We become much more advanced in our awareness and thinking. So we do not get necessarily anchored. What I'm saying, if you want to bring a lot of these different states that you're trying to anchor, make them a part of your identity. Joyousness is a part of your identity, not just something that you experience in a moment that you pinch your fingers or your knee. Bliss, whatever it is, make the things that you try to anchor at different moments into your identity so that you don't need to anchor them. One of the most interesting anchors I've seen is in politics. It started with Bill Clinton. He would lift his thumb up while he talked. And when he was talking to the camera, he would hold his hand in a fist with his thumb up. And then, of course, you see different other politicians doing the same thing. You see Donald Trump doing it. You see Barack Obama doing it. And so they're anchoring you to a particular state that you have linked from the past. They will use keywords. I've seen it in a variety of courtrooms. I saw it all over the Johnny Depp trial. I see it everywhere. Anchoring is what is controlling the world. And there is a certain sector of us that are coming to control these anchors. The first state is to control the anchors. Learn how to anchor yourself. Anchor states that you're in. If you're in a super passionate, wonderful state, give yourself a way to remember it by creating a symbol or a physical gesture or a sound and amplify that. Bring that same thing up in states that are not similar. Maybe you're bored at home and you bring that state up. Do it and test it out. See if you can bring up certain states. That way you can remember certain states. One of the hardest things to do is to create feelings in your body. When we know that the feeling is the secret, but how do I bring up the feeling of my wish fulfilled? The secret to bringing up the feeling of the wish fulfilled is to identify different emotional states that you enter into in the past and it's sort of a flavor or recipe of a combination of those. 
Become very tuned in to your feelings and learn to differentiate the states of happiness and joy, whatever it is. There is a difference between bliss, joy, happiness, confidence, and really identify the differences in these states and anchor them separately and then test them out so that you can do something and it brings up a feeling of confidence in you. You can do something else and it brings up a feeling of strength. One thing I've done is to anchor states for working out, particularly with weightlifting. There's certain things that I can do prior to a workout, which will help my body to remember when I was in a stronger, more muscular state. I'm able to lift more when I anchor myself into states that are specific to that workout. And it's helped me to get more reps, to increase the number of weights that I lift. I've used it in public speaking, where I'm in a, an event, I might be speaking publicly and I can relax and calm down and remember a state of being confident, effortlessly speaking without being nervous and you do that particular anchor and then you're in that state. Part of the key at the beginning is learning how to control your states, which is what we're learning with Neville Goddard. The law of assumption tells us if you enter into a state and stay in that state where that state essentially becomes your home that you return to, it is your primary state, then it begins to create your reality. And the freedom is the secret. So what you need to do is learn how to identify when you are in states that you appreciate that are effective. Maybe there's a state where you can do your homework very quickly or you can read very fast. And then you can utilize that state by anchoring it specifically. You become a robot. Use the computer of your body and mind to program these states. That's the first step. Once you've done this for a while, it becomes effortless and you move to another level. You want to anchor even more complicated things. And so what you want to try to do is anchor entire timelines in reality. Anchor yourself to them. We are moving through different vibrational timelines, like a river of different streams that pull you one direction or another. Imagine being in an ocean with streams of rivers flowing in different directions. You get on different streams, you've been on them before. So you can jump onto a particular stream and that carries you. You become anchored to that stream. You can even become good enough where you can bring in multiple streams at the same time by anchoring multiple streams in the multiverse. You can jump on that river and ride it. And it's all about anchoring. Learn how to anchor yourself. Listen to my meditations. They use anchoring all the time. And I try to anchor you into different states by words that I say, repetition of different exercises and phrases, different kinds of music. Get yourself anchored into a highly high conscious high density state and you can continue to pull yourself back into that state and i think what eventually we will end up doing is anchoring ourselves into 5d into fourth density and learning how to keep anchored into that eventually as we access the fourth density light our awareness of these anchors make it so that we're not anchored anymore we're conscious awake and aware beings that are not being manipulated by our emotional bodies and our past events. Once you reach that point, you're all powerful. In the eternal now, you can create any future and you can create any state. You are not anchored to anything. You see the infinite variety of different possibilities. We're moving towards that. But right now, 
It's like we're in kindergarten. We're in a place where we're anchored into this world from all of our past events, all the different experiences that we've had, all the TV shows we watched, all the books that we've read, all the times that we've been happy or sad have anchored us. And those things sometimes can pull us in directions we do not want to be pulled into. They can lead us into states of depression and anxiety and fear just by simple anchors. We might hear a song on a regular basis and it pulls us very subtly into a state of anxiety or fear. And that's what we need to become aware of. What I've learned is to playlist. The most powerful anchor for me is a song. When I started consciously using songs to anchor different states, I'd start creating playlists. So I might have a playlist that combines a variety of different anchors, each of the different songs, and I can be taken through in a pattern, a program of different emotions to reach a certain point. So I might start out creative, then I'm going to start out becoming more efficient. I might become more energetic as I listen to different songs. I recommend that you listen to a playlist of songs when you're happy with your boyfriend or girlfriend, when you're in highly pleasurable moments. And then when you listen to those songs, you're anchored to that pleasurable moment, even though it's different. And when you start to experiment with this, you can completely change your mind. You may be depressed right now or struggling with some sort of mental disturbance or illness or imbalance because of things that you're not aware of that are anchored in your environment. A lot of times people become anchored to their parents in a negative or positive way. Every time they hear their mother's voice, it brings up so much past memory and different anchors that they flood in. We become anchored into our current reality by all the things around us. Everything is an anchor pulling us into our present reality, which is why in many cases, if you want to change your reality, it's good to change it up. Get out of your house, go stay in a hotel, go to a different place, because you want to be in a fresh new place that is unanchored in your consciousness. Start to really evaluate the things that influence you and you'll realize that everything influences you. It should. And then you become more aware of everything in your environment. As you become more aware, you are able to dissolve the power that they have and simply neutrally observe these things. All the power that you have wasted from the anchoring in the past that was just sort of bizarre programming, programming the computer with no possible intent involved, now it becomes purified and you can control your consciousness and mind. So I ask you to close your eyes right now. I want you to bring up an incredible memory of absolute gratitude, something wonderful that happened in your past, and I want you to bring up the feelings in your body. I want you to see if you can bring up those feelings and multiply it. What would it be if it felt two times as good as that amazing event? What would it be if it's three times, ten times more powerful? Now bring up another memory. I want you to sit in it for a few moments and really feel it in your body. Now, as you let this feeling build up through your body, 
Notice how it feels in your stomach, how it spreads through every cell of your body. Now I want you to bring up another amazing feeling in your body. Yes, yes, yes. Now you can feel this wonderful feeling. And anytime I say yes, 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 you are anchored because the first thing you heard in this wonderful state was yes, yes, yes. Sometimes it becomes more effective if you're doing it intentionally. Everybody's different. But I want you to say yes, yes, yes. Anytime you want to bring up those feelings and test yourself, see if it works, do it again, create a different anchor. I was able to do this verbally so you could hear me, but you can pinch yourself in a different part of your body. You can have a certain gesture with your hands. There's some physical thing that you can do. There may be an object that you can look at. Anchors have so many different ways that work for so many different people. I would love to get a discussion in the comments about how you've used anchoring. Have you anchored yourself? Have you learned to change your anchors or release your anchors? Have you found anchors that you weren't aware of? I want you to go through your current life and evaluate the negative states that you've entered and the unfortunate habits that you may have. Maybe you eat too much or smoke or drink, whatever it is. And I want you to really start to evaluate if you're anchored to anything in particular. It could be the slightest thing. You can learn these things if you make it your intention to learn them. And once you become aware of them, you can totally change them. You can also anchor the negative things that you have in your life to terrible things. And you can anchor positive things that you want to bring in to positive behaviors. You can learn to completely change your mind. And the best anchor I do at the end of every episode I say a key phrase, and I promise you, if you've listened to me long enough, it should bring up a certain feeling. You can find all episodes of The Reality Revolution at therealityrevolution.com. And welcome to The Reality Revolution. <laughs>